Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome into episode 23 of the Landscape Photography Show. And in this podcast, we have photographer TJ Thorne. And I was really excited to sit down and talk to TJ because I had reached out to him years and years and years ago because of his amazing photography and just kind of the way he wrote and thought about things. And I really wanted to get him on a long time ago when I first had a podcast. So I was really excited when TJ reached out to me and we made time to sit down together and and really just hash out a lot of the questions that I had for him and also go into his thought processes in landscape photography and kind of why he does the things he does. And I was really interested because as the interview continues and continued while we were talking, I kind of thought that TJ and I think the same way. We had a lot of the same thought processes and ways of, of viewing the world. So I thought it was really interesting in that way, but I know you guys are gonna learn a lot as you listen to this podcast. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome into the podcast. We're here with TJ Thorne. Uh, TJ is actually somebody that I wanted to get on the last time I had a podcast several years ago. And it was really cool to just have TJ reach out to me and and be like, hey, let's chat. I'd love to chat about photography. And I'm always down when people want to talk with me about photography. And uh, even if we weren't recording, I would meet with you in a coffee shop, maybe not fly to Oregon for you, (laughs) TJ, but uh, we could definitely meet up and chat. And I just wanted to know, like, Every time I talk to somebody for the first time, I, I'm always interested in how they got started in photography. Well, um, hey, thanks for having me on. It's nice to finally touch base and uh, make this happen. I think the first time you reached out to me was, geez, 2016. So it's been probably a been a couple years. Um, so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Um, you know, I just I, I remember when I got my first camera and I was in culinary school at the time and I needed to document dishes that I had made because I was an apprentice um, with the American Culinary Federation. So I had to get a camera. I didn't have one. Cell phones weren't a thing back then. That's I I am that old. Um, And I remember I spent like all of $200 on a camera with a fixed lens that zoomed in and out. And that was the first camera that I had bought or bought. And I was into uh, going to punk rock and hardcore shows and snowboarding and skateboarding at the time. And I started taking it to those events and kind of playing around with photography. And I really enjoyed it. Um, It wasn't like a something that was really deep for me at the time. I just really enjoyed the process of it. And then it kind of just grew from there. I always liked having a camera on me. And then when I moved to Oregon back in 2001, I really started getting into it and more just kind of street photography and going out in nature, camping and things like that, hanging out on the beach and taking photos with my camera. Um, But I would say uh, maybe back in 2010 when I moved back to Oregon and I really started going out into nature out here, I just 
took my camera with me and it was kind of just taking photos of nature on hikes. And it was more about the hikes at that time, not necessarily about the photography, but it just kept growing within me. And I kind of getting more and more started getting more and more in touch with uh, the creative side of it. And that's kind of what led me to where I am today. Do you see, like you said, you, you were in culinary school. Are there links that you see in the creative process between cooking and photography? Um, not necessarily links in the creative process, but kind of like metaphors, um, I think about sometimes. And I just, uh, mentioned one on Facebook, uh, in response to an abstract photo, kind of how like, you know, some people really enjoy the abstract photos without knowing what it is. And that's kind of like the point of an abstract photo is that you, you aren't getting that, um, emotional reaction that's tied to the literal object or scene it's kind of like an emotional reaction just to the 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 patterns and the designs and things like that and as the photographer who takes an abstract photo we're kind of like robbed of that experience mm-hmm. and i find that really interesting we we yes we get like the whole process of you know taking the photo and experience a photo and making it come to life but we miss out on that that uh, initial emotional reaction that somebody gets when they see our finished product for the first time. And I find that really interesting. And to me, it was kind of like almost like a cook being able to cook a dish and put it together, but not being able to taste it when it's finished. Do you still cook? um, I do at home. Uh, You know, it's, it kind of, it's lost its sheen for me. Kind of like, you know, it's, when you start doing it for a living, it, it becomes not as enjoy, not as enjoy, not as enjoyable. Um, and it hasn't, I haven't experienced that with photography yet. And I don't think I ever will, because this is something that I'm really truly passionate about. And I feel like, uh, culinary arts and cooking, it was more just like, I graduated high school. I don't know what I want to do for a living. So let's, uh, I like cooking. I like working hard. Let's do that. When you do cook, what's your go-to dish? I've really been, it's usually something ethnic. Um, I do a lot of Thai. Um, mm, I've done yeah. some Indian and uh, just like Mexican food. Um, nothing really fancy. You just kind of just keep it simple. Nice. Yeah, those are all like in my wheelhouse. So maybe I will fly out to Oregon. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. We'll get you some good coffee too. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, on your website, like I was just looking through it this past week reading up on your blog and everything and even your about me page and you share a lot of like emotion and and balance and and what you're trying to find when you're out in the field why do you put an effort into publicly sharing emotion and like what you want to get out of each photo or each experience you know it's that's it's it's the outlet for me you know like photography, um, you know, I'm not just going out and taking pretty pictures. Um, I have done that. And yeah, I still do that sometimes. But like, you know, this is like, I've, I've always felt, you know, growing up, I felt like I had, I had something I, there was a creative side to me, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know which medium would really help me get in touch with that. And kind of like learn about myself, you know, and photography has really given me the opportunity and I don't know why, and I don't necessarily care why, 
but it just, it jives with who I am as a person. And it's led me to some really deep realizations. And it's honestly, it's saved my life. Like, you know, I don't hide the fact um, that I've struggled with alcoholism. And when I was really battling those demons, it was going out into nature, hiking and photographing that kept me safe. And, you know, so it's really important to me. And when I go out into nature, um, I'm going out there to kind of escape the demons, escape the stresses, escape the responsibilities, and just basically get down to like pure existence. And I like to say like the nuts and bolts of life. And nothing else, nothing else exists when you're in nature. When I'm looking through my view, viewfinder and like focused on a scene, I get lost and nothing else exists. And I try to understand why that happens and why I'm drawn to certain scenes. I'm constantly asking myself, um, why? Like, what is driving me? Why do I like this? And I don't know. It just, it's, that is what the outlet is for me. It's photography is a way for me to get in touch with nature and to really get down to like what drives me as a person and i don't know i feel like if that's not evident in my photos like i also feel the urge to write about it to kind of like put it into more concrete forms for me and i just feel like that's kind of part of my story so i put it out there as well when did you realize that photography could be that for you getting you out of that space of battling with your demons and alcoholism it I don't think there was a defining moment where I was like, like, a, like an aha moment. It just kind of grew, you know, like I, when I was doing my hikes and there was like, you know, it was more about the elevation gain and the mileage than it was about the photos. And then it just kind of slowly transitioned into becoming more about the photos where I was like more driven to do the photography than it was the hike. Instead of going out into nature to hike, I was going out into nature to take photos. Um, and it just kind of slowly morphed into that in a way. Um, I was working as a manager um, with a pretty big company in the retail food service industry. And it was a really stressful job. And, you know, I had 50 employees underneath me, $100,000 a week in sales and all the stresses that came with it. And that's kind of really when I started getting into nature photography. And, you know, I kind of went through an early midlife crisis and I was like, you know, time is the most precious commodity that we have and we sell it for so cheap. Like we sell it for this hourly rate that doesn't just include our time. It includes our knowledge, our passion, our blood, sweat, tears, emotions, mental stability. Like everything is, is kind of balled up into this little, you know, salary basically. And, you know, it was, I was working so hard to basically pay my mortgage to house all this stuff that I didn't necessarily care about. Um, so I figured if I'm going to be selling my time, I should probably start selling my time doing something that I truly love and something that I like, I feel like I could maybe make a difference with, you know, and I distill things down into their simplest forms to understand them. And, you know, with photography, I've grown it into um, a business where basically if you distill it down, I take people out into nature and show them how to use their camera. And that's pretty cool. But with cooking, I was basically making future poop. Um, and that kind of like that, that, that kind of clicked with me. And I was just like, 
you know, I, I need to, I need to find a way to transition from doing something that I'm not so passionate about that just kind of feels like the nine to five that is keeping me in this whirlpool. Um, so I figured if I sold the house and got rid of my belongings and I didn't need that job to pay for that house to store those things that maybe I could make it with photography. So, um, I gave myself a five-year goal of doing that and I did it. Um, and I've just been trying to keep going with it ever since. Do you feel free now? Um, you know, in a way, like it's, you know, being a full-time photographer, it's, you know, obviously a very competitive field and it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, I do feel that there are business decisions that I need to make in regards to my creativity that I might not otherwise. Um, and, you know, being a, a, uh, a co-parent and a soon to be a 12 year old son. Um, and you know, the, the financial aspects that come along with that and, you know, being a starving artist for a living don't necessarily mesh well together. So, um, you know, while I feel free in other ways where I can kind of go where I want and do what I want, um, I'm still working on building the business to the point where I can kind of have that financial freedom. But, but, but to, sorry to interrupt you, like, you know, um, I do feel the benefits of having that time and this focus on creativity where basically all I do every day um, is photography. Like that has paid off in, in my creative travels. Like I, I feel as a photographer and as an artist, I feel, the freedom that that has brought me. Yes. And, and to me, that's the most important part. When you are in that like creative space of like emotional connection and kind of creating what you see in the landscape, are you typically shooting for light or are you typically shooting for subject? Light. Like Why? I, I, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, you know, there are some subjects, um, I, I'm really drawn to patterns and textures and, uh, uh, water movement. You know, I have a pretty big obsession with, uh, photographing water and I have a whole overwhelming project, um, based around that. Um, and specifically light on water. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's like, I follow the light when I photograph, like it's usually, you know, like I used to go out to a place to photograph a thing. And while I got some great shots, I didn't feel really connected to them. And I realized that I was coming from a, a results driven approach with that. Um, and when I realized that I kind of started trying to flip it and just going out into nature with no intention of shooting. And I might be in a beautiful place. I might be in Olympic national park um, for three days before I actually pull out my camera, decide to shoot something. And when I pull out my camera and decide to shoot something, it's usually because something with the way the light is working has caught my eye. So that I, that I get that compulsion to chase that light. And it's usually just an intimate play of light, a fleeting, a fleeting moment where the light is uh, isolating a certain subject and things like that. Um, so I don't know. It's usually, I'm usually more drawn to the light than anything else. Do you think that you see the world differently than, than everybody else? I don't know. I mean, I don't, 
necessarily know the way that everybody else sees the world, but I know that I see it in my own way. And yeah, sure, there are probably other people out there who see it like me. You know, there are a lot of photographers that, you know, I see their photography and I'm like, wow, that's like, that is something that I would be into this, you know, this photo or this subject or this arrangement, this composition really speaks to me in an emotional way. So yes, there are other people out there that I think notice and see the same things and appreciate the same things. Um, I guess I've never thought about it, but in a way, yes. And in a way, no, if that makes sense. Well, kind of like, kind of what I'm getting at is, is do you ever look at something and take a photo and then kind of look at somebody else's images of the same thing and say, well, I never really looked at it that way. I kind of wish I would have seen it in that way. No, I can't think of any instances where that has happened. You know, I, I feel like the shot, you know, if, if I took a photograph from the place in my heart, and you know, if I'm shooting from my heart, um, then I'm usually comfortable enough with the photo that I've gotten and the experience that I've got there, or that experience of taking that photo that um, I don't really desire or wish or feel bad that I missed something. I'm experiencing the scene in my own way that, you know, was important to me. Is that difficult for you to teach? Like I know you teach a lot of people and lead some workshops. It is, you know, that's uh, one thing that I kind of struggled with um, as I kind of started discovering a little bit more about myself um, creatively is, is that you, you know, it's hard to teach intuition and that's what a lot of my photos are based in um, is just like listening and going and shooting, like, like I said, from my heart. So there's no like technique. Um, and I think that when I am doing these workshops now that I try to be a little bit more vocal and transparent about exactly what I'm seeing when I photograph, but basically when it comes down to it, it's, it's all intuition and intuition trumps, you know, thought every time for me. So just like just trying to get people to like kind of, you know, at least, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, students that I have, you know, it's they walk up to a scene and it can be overwhelming. You know, you're you're on the beach. You know, I'm looking at my coastal images right now. So you're on the beach and your immediate like reaction is like, oh crap! You know, it's it's time to photograph. Um, but I think it's really important to get it in someone's mind to kind of like you know stop and think and absorb and slow down and just like think about what in the scene is really calling to you and not just, you know, run haphazardly at a scene. And a lot of times people haven't really thought about that before. So that's kind of where I go with my uh, infield instruction right now. I'll, I will, you know, help them with their compositions and stuff. But when I see something that is calling my attention and elevating my soul, I just try to be vocal about it and explain to it why and how I'm going to frame it. Yeah, I think the natural reaction that people have to to responding to slow down and absorb it all is, but but I'm going to miss this, right? And and you know that's and that's that's fine to miss it, you know, like, and that's that's the results driven approach that I got away from is like, you know, I don't care about the photo, like I, you know, I encourage, you know, 
anybody to to take crappy photos um like experiment like you know i would not be where i am today if i hadn't taken so many horrible photos of just experimenting and playing around and you know to me it's not about that end result it's about developing a relationship with that subject or that moment in time or that play of light through my viewfinder and even if i don't come away with a photo i'm still left with that relationship and that experience and i'm a better person for it sometimes i do get a photo and those photos are the ones that i'm really connected to and really really happy with and that kind of just are part of me rather than just shooting something because it looks cool does that connection like you go back you said you're looking at your coastal images right now i mean do you go back and you immediately connect and have that same emotion again when you look at it yeah i do you know um you know and it's not it might not be necessarily that moment in time but it's just it's just looking at the photo is it 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 elevates my soul is the easiest way to put it. I look at, you know, a photo that I'm really connected to or I'm really proud of. And, and I spend a lot of time with my photos. You know, I don't, you know, I, over the course of days and maybe a week, I will process a photo a little bit at a time. Um, I don't rush through things and I put a lot of care and attention into it. So it's not just like, it doesn't take me back to that specific moment all the time, but just kind of like the experience of bringing this, that moment to life. It just leaves me with a really good feeling. Hey guys, I just want to pause real quick to tell you about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's Visual Wilderness. VisualWilderness.com is a place where you can get tons of resources on how to become a better photographer. They have a monthly subscription that's really cheap and really beneficial for anyone really trying to take their landscape and outdoor photography to the next level. But they also have things like articles, courses that you can buy, and infield techniques and post-processing techniques. I'm a contributor to that site. Right now you can get my courses on visualwilderness.com for 33% off for a limited time if you use the code david 33 during checkout to find where you can get that you can go to today's show notes at davidjohnstonart.com slash podcast slash tj what does it mean to you that all these people want to learn from you it's humbling um i i, <laughs> I, I think it's i think it's a little weird but it's something that i'm extremely grateful for you know i don't i I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't have a high, a, like a high view of myself or my photography. So when people tell me that, you know, they want to learn from me or that I inspire them or that this photo is good or this photo, you know, really changed something for them. Um, I'm just like, kind of like, that's awesome. And I'm grateful that, you know, I can do that. Um, but it's not like, it's not a driving force. You know, I'm not, my, my mission and my goal with photography isn't to bring the natural beauty to the viewer. You know, that's a nice byproduct if my photography moves somebody, but it's for me, you know, like these are just photos of my experiences with something that really touched my soul in an intimate way. So it's, it's great and it's awesome that people have an emotional reaction to my photos and want to learn that from me. Um, 
but it does kind of boggle my mind sometimes. <laughs> I think that's difficult though, for a lot of people to get to in their photography, you know, if they don't have that emotional connection or, or they struggle with developing that is creating something that makes somebody want to visit that place or, or makes somebody's jaw drop, you know, they can't always grasp that of this is, this is like my shot. This is not really for you. Right. And, you know, and I think that, you know, I've, I've come to that realization by just being very like introspective and, you know, I, I explore, you know, my motivations a lot. And, and I think that's important, you know, like, I think, you know, it's important to ask yourself and to, to understand, and, and you might not understand at the beginning, but at least asking yourself, like, why do I photograph beyond like, you know, oh, because I like it or because, you know, I want to bring the, the beauty of nature to the viewer, but like, why deep down, why do you photograph and understanding that I think kind of helps bring you to that place and you know me talking about how you know it's therapeutic for me and how i i'm connecting with you know basically the nuts and bolts of life and i'm i'm using it as a way to explore like the world outside of the 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 humdrum of day-to-day life um like I, i came to that realization by just continually asking myself why I photograph and, you know, what makes my photography different from all the other photography out there. And, and it, I asked myself that for years before I actually like kind of like came to any kind of realizations. And I think it's important to, to really explore your motivations and, and uh, get in touch with that side of you. Because it makes you happier. It does. You know, you know, you kind of, you start to uncover, um, things that were always part of you but you might not have realized like you know when I first started out with photography you know I didn't I didn't know that and I was like I said I was going to places to take photographs of things I was going to this waterfall to take a photograph of the waterfall and I would come away with a wide angle scene of the waterfall and you know it's a photo that I really like and that I connected to Um, but what I'm really drawn to are those more intimate things and you know, as I started realizing that and kind of just like, you know, there was a defining moment that I had in Utah um, when I was on a trip. It was like the first, one of the first trips that I had taken outside of uh, Oregon where I was used to shooting like wide angle waterfalls and forest scenes. And I got to Utah and I just felt so out of my element. Everything was so big and I had my wide angle on and I'm just like, I couldn't get it. Right. And there was a day where we were just my girlfriend and I were just kind of hanging out by a river and I saw these leaves on these cottonwood trees just kind of fluttering in the light and kind of they were just like flashes in the sky. And I got up my telephoto lens and pointed it at them and uh, got the leaves out of focus and just started like thinking about like, what if I started, you know, composing more with colors and shapes rather than the literal objects. And I spent maybe three hours just photographing in harsh light out of focus. And it kind of brought me to this realization that, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to these more intimate patterns and textures and colors. 
And after I realized that, I kind of took that with me out into the Utah Badlands, and I got one of my favorite shots. And I've just been exploring that ever since. And my go-to lens is my telephoto. Um, and as I look back through my archives, even back in those days where I was photographing wide-angle scenes, I'm seeing, you know, um, shots of water textures and, you know, intimate scenes. So like they were always a part of me, but not really at the forefront of my mind. And I think as you start understanding that side of you, you start to like realize the things that truly draw to you. You know, you're, you're kind of like, you can't see me now, but I'm, I'm taking my, my hand and moving it left to right really wide. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're kind of like, you're honing and you're trying to find something. You're taking photographs of like, urban like you know like cityscapes and then you know nature shots and then you know you're you're kind of just trying everything out you're not really finding your way but then the more that you explore yourself and the more that you do photography you kind of start narrowing that view um until you find something that really truly elevates your soul or just draws you in and i've found that when i go back you know when i discover something like i had that uh, experience with um, water textures and abstracts when I go back in my archives, I see hints of that, that were always there. I just didn't know that that was something that really, really grasped me in that way, you know, cause I was, I was all over the place. So, um, I kind of got a little off track with your question there, but. No, that's perfect, man. And I think one of the things you said is, is really capable of unlocking a lot of creativity for anybody listening because you said, you know, what would happen if, or what if I did this? And I think that's where you kind of break out of, you know, these structured guidelines or the structured way that you've seen photos taken. So you think you have to go out and shoot a landscape in that specific way. But when you start asking those questions of yourself, I think that's when the creative process really starts going like a snowball at the top of the hill. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's, it's not a, it's not a quick process and it can be frustrating. Um, but I think the most important thing is like, if you are dissatisfied with your work or you feel like there's more for you to say, and you don't necessarily know how to yet. The, the most important thing is that you're, you're questioning that and starting there. You know, just just having that mindfulness around a desire to, you know, take your photography to the next level. And to me, that's what the next level of photography is. It's not like, you know, a certain location, you know, with 10 feet of snow on it because nobody else has it. It's not, you know, the Milky Way over this item because nobody's done that yet. Um, it's not a specific processing technique. It's creating work that says something about you and continuing down that path. To me, that's what the next level of photography is. So, you know, I hope, and it seems like there is a shift um, in that direction where people are kind of, you know, we had this big influx of, of landscape photography that, yeah, maybe even I was, I was, I was a part of where it just kind of blew up and everybody's going to, you know, all the, the new ends of the earth to get like this location that hasn't been shot yet, this location that hasn't been shot yet. Um, and now that like it's been pretty much everywhere, people are just kind of 
seeing the same shots over and over and over again, and it becomes saturated. And I think people are starting to look beyond those grand scenes and trying to find ways to um, get a little bit more in touch with themselves. So I, I do feel like there's a shift towards the more meaningful photography. And, and I think that's awesome because I think the world needs more of that. Do you think it got to that point though, because people were chasing that never before shot landscape or never before shot Milky Way, like you threw the example out and they got to that point and that it still felt empty. I do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and everybody, you know, I, I'm not here to judge the reason that anybody does photography. Um, and, you know, if that's something that gets you going by all means, you know, like grasp that and run with it and play with it. Um, but I do feel like, you know, that there is a large portion of photographers that are, that want more and might not necessarily know how to get there. I was reading through your website, like I said, and, and one of the, my favorite articles that I did read was your article on a look back at 2019, but also a look forward Mm -hmm. and kind of what you wanted to do in future years, how important, and, and we've talked about it a little bit, but how important is it for you to look back and, and have some gratitude and appreciation for your own photos and, and just kind of do an inventory on what you were able to do this past year? I think it's pretty important for me. Um, you know, it's, we, we kind of just, we don't, if we don't take that time to think in a in a really retrospective way um or if i don't i should say if i don't take that time to look in a retrospective way it kind of just gets lost in the shuffle but if i set down some time and look through my photos and like actually con in a concrete way think like what did i accomplish what is you know currently going on with my creative journey um what am i excited about what was i excited about it just puts things into perspective for me. It puts it in a little box that I can look at and understand. And then I can go on from there. Did you make those goals beforehand before 2019 started? Um, like the goals that I had. Yeah. Like so what you had listed out for things that, you know, looking back, you made a list of several things that, that you were happy that you were able to do. Um, yeah. Uh, some of them just kind of, just just happened but i didn't do a year in review for 2018 so in 2018 i didn't necessarily set any goals um 2018 i just i just was kind of like in a in a rut and i felt like i couldn't write even when i sat down and tried to it just it felt very forced so some of the goals in 2019 were um, left over from 2017 and you know i think there's always kind of things that just pop up throughout the year um, and goals that maybe I didn't necessarily know that I had, but, but yeah, I kind of, there's always something in my mind that, um, that I'm working towards. What about the goals that you have set moving forward? Um, and, and how does that really come into play when you are in the field and you are in the creative process? I'll throw one out that specifically comes to my mind. Stop being so reclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty reclusive person. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge introvert and it might not, um, it might not be very apparent 
when I'm doing workshops or I'm in a in a situation where I'm expected to participate. Uh, and I think some of that comes from my training in restaurants, you know, um, and as a manager, like I was expected to be on. So I'm kind of like trained, a trained extrovert, but it's extremely draining. Um, and my, my, my natural desire is to just kind of like hang out at home with the, and, and, you know, basically be in contact with the very, very small group of people that I contact, uh, that I stay in touch with and just kind of create my own little, my own little circle. And I kind of keep to that. You know, I don't, I don't post a lot on Facebook. I don't go onto, um, social media forums and, and photography websites and say a lot, you know, I might lurk, but I don't say a lot. And one of my goals is to, <laughs> I might to lurk. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just like, Oh, cool. You know, it's a beautiful, and, and I don't, I don't comment a lot on uh, photography. So I feel, you know, part of that, you know, like not being so reclusive is, is yeah. You know what? Like putting myself out there physically, but also just online. I feel like I could, I could give back a little bit more than I do, you know, give back a little bit what, what has been given to me. So that's kind of something that I try a little bit more is to just look at the photography of the people that follow me, um, comment more on just images that mean that I like and mean something to me instead of just double tapping the heart or, you know, the like button, but just trying to be a little bit more, a little bit more social, but it's hard. It's hard. It doesn't feel natural, you know? What about some of the other things on the list when it comes to your photography moving forward? Oh, let me review them. Let's see. Um, so, okay. So I'll just state them for the people uh, that are listening. If they're, um, so I, I take a lot of time to process my images. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, it could be, I could, I can look at the same photo for two, three, four hours, days, and it doesn't really change, but it's kind of just, I'm feeling things out and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and I know that's not a good thing, but I don't feel comfortable putting out a photo that when I look at it, there's something in it that bothers me, whether it's a two or three degree hue shift of a color or something that I needed to clone or something about the composition that doesn't feel uh, balanced. Um, if there's anything in my portfolio that kind of just like, when I look at it, it jumps out to me, that kind of, that, that photo kind of starts wearing on me. So I feel like I need to find a way to overcome that and just kind of not be so hyper-focused on that. Um, let's see. Compositional habits is a big one. You know, I feel like I have these compositional habits where I'm shooting diagonal lines and centering subjects, and I want to create um, something that's, I want to start seeing compositions that are a little bit more dynamic and not just relying on, on that. It kind of feels like a crutch. Like, yes, that is what is jumping out to me. And yes, that's the way that, you know, my intuition is framing it. But I want to work on expanding that side of my vision is there a difference in compositional habits and style um i don't know i feel like there there's some overlap you know i think style can include um subjects and uh the type of light that you shoot and things like that that can all be part of your style or maybe a 
the the uh, color scheme or you know colors that you kind of lean towards when processing or photographing i think that's all um, part of your style but um, and i think composition is part of that too but i think you can change your composition and still have the same style one of the things you mentioned in there was start processing images for a book that you wanted to put together what is that idea um it's it's the what i mentioned before is uh the the water textures and abstracts it's it's something that like i said i have obsessively shot um and i have thousands upon thousands of images and you know a great portion of those are photos that i really like and i don't know why i am so drawn to water and part of me um kind of going at this in a really uh, conscious way is trying to understand that connection and may, or ex- at least maybe not understand it, but explore that connection. Um, I'm just really drawn to water. It is one of the things that captures my attention and just calms me more than anything else, whether it be waterfalls or a trickling brook or a rushing river or a pond or whatever. There's just something about water that gets me like nothing else does. So I spend a lot of time photographing it and getting lost in textures and, you know, direct light on water. I've shot direct light on water and have gotten some images that I really, really love. And so um, I have like maybe six of those photos processed and I've put a couple of them out. Some of them are in my portfolio, but by and large, like it's more important to me than just getting them processed and up on a website. Like I want to do something that's more a labor of love and that points towards a book for me. And I have, I have a lot of ideas about the book um, and I know the title and I know what I'm going to write, but it's kind of going through the process of picking through those thousands of photos um, for the ones that I would include and then processing them and then getting them in the book and selling the book and, just looking at what goes behind that is just so overwhelming that I just never started. He's TJ Thorne. TJ, thank you so much for coming on, talking to us about the creative process. And I know there's a lot in here that anyone listening can apply to their photography and become a happier photographer and ultimately take photos that they really enjoy. I appreciate it, David. Thank you very much.